Grab your Bibles now and open them back with me to Exodus 12. And let's continue our study of Exodus 12 um, as we prepare ourselves for the sacrament. Guys, actually, I'm going to read two passages. I think, I hope you know that there are such a thing as what's called parallel passages in the scriptures. That is, they're just an additional account of pretty much the same event uh, told by another author. So that's what a parallel passage is. I'm going to read you um, from Exodus 12, and then I'm going to flip over and read you a parallel passage from Numbers 33. So you can hop around if you like with me. Uh, They're both brief, a total of about nine verses, so it's not that long. So bear with me. Here we go. The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Numbers 33 at verse 1. These are the stages of the people of Israel when they went out of the land of Egypt by their companies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses wrote down their starting places stage by stage by command of the Lord, and these are their stages according to their starting places. They set out from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. On the day after the Passover... The people of Israel went out triumphantly in the sight of all the Egyptians, while the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down among them. On their gods also, the Lord executed judgments. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, it endures forever. Guys, I hope you understand that Exodus 12 is an account of the Passover. We jumped right in at verse 33, and, and uh, you know a lot has taken place in those first 32 verses. This is the event where the death angel passes, and blood was supposed to be put on the doorpost, and it was, if it was not there, the death angel took the firstborn. And so we're, it's, it's winding down now, that is, the, the, night, uh, the night of Passover. This is the account where, um, where Egypt is on, I mean, where Israel is on her way out of Egypt. She's, she's leaving now because of what has taken place in the previous night. And the contrast, the contrast you can hardly miss. By contrast, I mean this. On one hand, there's Egypt sobbing, wailing, distraught. Grief-stricken, and and understandably so. They're burying their firstborn. On the other hand, at the same time, just across the street, there's Israel. Excited, joyous, happy, delivered, 
emancipated, celebrating. Never again would a Jew be asked to make bricks without straw. Never again would a Jew feel the lash of an Egyptian whip on his back. The judgment that fell on Egypt was at the same time deliverance for Israel. It was doom for one, joy for the other. Same night, same event. You know, it reminded me of a, of a scene in, in um, Genesis chapter 6, I think, 7, Genesis 7, when um, Noah was on the ark. You remember he had built his ark and all the family was already on the ark and the, the animals were on the ark. And th- there was this one big problem that Noah had. There was the door in the side of the ark. I mean, this big gaping hole in the side of the ark. And, and how are we going to get that shut? And so God comes and closes the door himself. And for Noah and his family and all of the animals on the ark, (laughs) that is great news. But if you're on the other side of that door, it's horrible. Same act, same event. For one, there's joy. For others, there's doom. Guys, um, the defeat of Egypt, we're told in this story, was so complete that even the gods of Egypt were executed. And the nation was plundered. While Israel walks out triumphantly. All the while... Egyptians are burying their dead. And at the same time, giving to Israel anything that she asked for. Um, To the point that the text says Egypt was plundered. And don't you love that word, plundered? I mean, is it not graphic? Plundered. You know, there's so much about this visual picture here, at least for me, that is moving in in Exodus chapter 12. When you think of the enemies of God plundered, or or the gods of the enemies of God plundered, or the, the economy of the enemies of God plundered, and 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 even this, guys. I don't know whether you still got your Bibles open, but I, I, I just want to read you a couple of... This is out of Exodus 5. Just two quick verses. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. 
You come over to chapter 12 and it says in verse 31, Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among our people, both you and the people of Israel. Go and serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste where they said, We're all going to die. Exodus chapter 5, Pharaoh says, I'm not letting you go. Who is the Lord? Exodus chapter 12, he says, go, get out of here. What do you want? You want gold? Here, give give them some gold. You want some food? Hey, 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 give them all they need. You want some clothes? Hey, take mine. What's happened? I'll tell you what's happened, ladies and gentlemen. God has delivered his people. And for those delivered, wow. But for those not delivered, they're plundered. Ladies and gentlemen, when this redemption has been ultimately consummated with the return of Jesus Christ someday off in the future, all of the enemies of God, all of the gods of the enemies of of God, and all of the economies of the enemies of God, and all the idols of the enemies of God, all of it, will be plundered. And all of that, ladies and gentlemen, leads me to say this. Do you know the extremes to which God has gone to save his people? It's on display in the sacrament. Christ's life and death changes everything. It changes everything for the believer, but it also changes everything for the unbeliever. Same act, same event. For one, there's joy. For others, there's doom. You know, I want to read you just one quick statement by Peter, and then I'm next to done. Peter says, Behold, I am laying in... He's quoting Isaiah, actually. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. But do you hear the implication of that, ladies and gentlemen? Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, but whoever does not believe in him will be put to shame. He will be plundered. Same act. Same event. For some glorious deliverance. For others. Plundered. You know, this whole scene is quite moving to me to think that this took place in Egypt centuries ago. 
even more moving is that it could be repeated among any of us. On display here, ladies and gentlemen, are emblems that remind us of the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. And they are a reminder of the great beauty of the gospel. Christ, living the life that I should have lived and dying the death that I should have died so that I might be set free. Is that you? Then come join us, would you? Let's pray. Our Father, I do pray that you will uh, meet us here and that you'll remind us all over again of the great beauty of what has been accomplished by Jesus Christ on our behalf. And that you will use this, um, this simple event to give us a greater and deeper affection for the Savior that has borne our sin and set us free. Father, if you brought people here tonight, to, that today who have not yet met the Savior, would you cause them to see in this brief part of this story that only plunder awaits them. That this chief cornerstone, he who believes in him, will not be put to shame. Thank you for the gospel, Lord Jesus. And we pray in your name.